Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Hey, good morning, Emily. Good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, 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 good. So, yeah, thank you very much for for coming on to speak to us today. So that's uh, very kind of you. How are we? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, like I said, this is uh, just a a general chat, pretty much. You know, think of it as just a, a cup of coffee, just uh, all things, uh, anything really. So, uh, I think um, the, the the first thing I, I wanted to do is sort of um, capture you know your your story in a way of uh, like your journey so if you, if you think about think think of it in terms of uh let's take 50 years down the line and someone is listening to this podcast and they want to know who emily hughes was <laughs> so we sort of uh, take it through in a sort of a uh, chronological order of uh you know the early days like the siblings the family your memories you know growing up and then uh, all the uh you know going through school and uh the the challenges within the lessons and then sort of how you move forward to where you are today and then in between we get to talk about the lessons the challenges what advice you have for people and and that that kind of thing so you know there might be people listening to this podcast they can resonate with your story and they can see oh if uh, emily coming from this background has been able to achieve so and so maybe we have a chance as well <laughs> so that is sort of uh our format of the uh the, the podcast and what we like to get from our guests so if you, if you could uh, start off with that just telling us about yourself and, and taking us through that journey that's okay <laughs> cool. yeah yeah from the beginning then Um, well so um i'm the oldest of three children and uh, therefore uh, had to do all of the fighting of the battles so that they could have a much easier life and not get in trouble for doing the things that i'd already done Um, (laughs) uh, my parents are still very happily married i'm very lucky to have a fabulous family um dad is a design engineer and when we were young he had to spend a lot of time working away he'd go and work he did lots of work for chocolate factories which was the best because he'd go away for a week and he'd come back and rather than being excited to see him although we were we were very excited that he'd always bring back sample chocolate (laughs) and it was awesome Uh Um, but he then um, when I was a teenager started up his own business and I don't think I realized much of it at the time because Mm -hmm. I, you know, as a teenager, you're you're in your own little world. But yeah. he clearly went through all the challenges that I've been going through starting up a business, and uh, you know, designed the thing in the the garage, and then start doing all the marketing and things. And it's now at the point where it's it's a global brand. It's a guitar capo, yeah. so it's the thing you put on the neck of the guitar. Oh yes, it changes yeah. the pitch. So when you yeah. want to sing in a different key, for example, he mm-hmm. is the designer of G seventh capos, and so Eric Clapton's yeah. used one. Um, Ed Sheeran's used one. He'd wow. had he had a letter from Pete Townsend about how wonderful it was. So he's been incredibly successful with it, and that's been amazing to watch. Mm. 
as as someone who's only recently started on on the journey myself but yeah. I think I missed out on noticing a lot of the challenges that we then faced I guess financially because starting up a business is is always a challenge financially and um he's always been a bit of a role model I think my, my parents are amazing and yeah. they they made me who I am so mm. we we do a lot of they do a lot of helping people mum still goes and works in the food bank and things when we were kids we quite often had people so there'd be someone that we knew loosely who'd have some kind of problem and not have somewhere to live for a little bit and they'd be like yeah come and live with us just come and live with parent for a while so we've adopted so many random people into the family yeah it's amazing they just have the biggest hearts and I think that was the best possible upbringing that I I could have asked for so I was I was really really lucky with that they were always really supportive yeah. So I was um, at school, I was one of the nerdy kids. Mm-hmm. So I was quite bright, usually top end of the class, fighting yeah. the top of the class usually with one of the boys. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed school, total tomboy. Yeah. I liked football far more than My Little Pony. Mm. And uh, that being the nerd at school is never the easiest. So yeah. there were bullying issues and, you know, stuff. Yeah. Like, those are the things that turn you into who you are because you have yeah. to you have to get used to going no this isn't about me this yeah. is about them yeah. and that's something that I've definitely taken forward in terms of business mindset when you get the people on the internet who are not so kind no it's not about me mm. it's about them yeah. and it's I think an important lesson to learn so yeah I mm. um you know, worked my socks off through school-ish I uh, certainly at GCSE because I knew I was quite you know I I was good academically I could remember things well I could express myself well and so I kind of coasted through my GCSEs a little bit and my grades still annoy me now because I got uh, one A star and only one and it wasn't in maths which was my favorite subject it was in the subject that I hated and it still bugs me to this day that I didn't get those grades Um, and did A level I was in what was probably considered at the time the roughest school in Peterborough. Mm. Um, I had such amazing teachers that I would never have considered that any kind of drawback. Mm. And they supported me and pushed me. And um, I ended up, it was a toss up. So I did a lot of extracurricular dance stuff. Loved to dance as a teenager. Really? And a teacher who was really supportive and did loads of the extracurricular stuff and let me help lead things. So when I was in the sixth form, I used to work as a teaching assistant, just go and volunteer in her lessons when I was I had a free period to go and help out in her, her lower year group classes and things. So I knew I loved it. I knew I wanted to teach. I'd always known I wanted to teach. Wow. <laughs> and she she kind of enabled me to do that stuff and because I loved it. I kind of wanted to go on and do dance at university. Mm-hmm. I'd also done maths and further maths A level, yeah. and I thought, mm, but maths will probably take me a little bit further. Mm, a bit tricky. I'd got to the point where I'd found a uni that actually would have let me do a joint degree in dance and maths. And maths, wow, so the most random combo. But I'd also, and I can't remember why, can't remember what possessed me to think it might work. But I'd applied to Cambridge, and mm-hmm. got an interview. And I think on the strength of, because it was maths with education, yeah. uh, on the strength of all my experience doing teaching bits and bobs in my spare time, 
got in, which then solved that problem. There wasn't a dilemma anymore if you get into Cambridge. That's brilliant. Cambridge. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of the beginning of that. I did my um, yeah, did my degree, did my postgraduate teacher training, went straight into teaching, and did fifteen years of you know salaries and yeah. Watching schools get harder and harder and harder. Wow. Um, met yeah. my husband. Well, we both started our teacher training at the same school on the same day. Mm-hmm. And um, we got to, would it have been two, three years ago? Yeah. And teaching was not what we both loved anymore. We'd yeah. very definitely fallen out of love with it. And it's a job that you have to love to do because it's incredibly tough particularly mm. at the moment with everyone in the press shouting about how lazy teachers are which oh. is frustrating because I think teachers have worked just as hard as NHS staff during yeah. this pandemic and there's nobody clapping for them yeah. and it's been it was just getting to the point where I was miserable I'd been promoted to a head of maths so it was yeah. a big deal and I think two weeks after I got there the school went into special measures not my fault I hadn't had that much time yet um, <laughs> and that meant Ofsted were visiting every few weeks. It was mm-hmm. it was a baptism of fire, um, and but I loved every second of it. I loved leading the team. I loved building something. I loved seeing the difference that it was making, and I had a wonderful boss, and she got me. She was an ex-head of maths. Mm-hmm. She trusted me. She talked to me like I was an equal you know uh, treated me I think the way that leaders should treat their staff their people mm. and then she left and my new boss was not so nice mm. and not so understanding and did not talk to me like I was an equal mm. and just oh, oh, well, yeah, that kind of like yeah. going downhill mm. and feeling not trusted and yeah feeling like nothing I did was right nothing I did was good enough all of that started to take its toll and um, I had said to people I I can't I'm not coping well this isn't working out I need to change this and was told no no no, you've got to stick with the plan you know with this is the decision that's been made and you're going to be doing this and you're going to be doing this and you're going to be doing this and this is still going to be your boss. Mm. And I was driving to and from work every day in tears, just yeah. thoroughly miserable, very clearly looking back on it, working through mm. depression. Yeah. And um, we got to the Christmas holidays and any teacher will tell you, you get to the towards the end of the holidays, last two, three days maybe, and you mm. start to get the dreams. Mm. The dreams always go. Um, yeah. You're in charge of a class that you didn't know you were in charge of and you're suddenly taking them on a field trip and then half the class go missing. Or you arrive in school and suddenly they've asked you to teach Latin, but yeah. not Latin. They've asked you to teach a PE lesson in Latin or something. Yeah. Yeah. The anxiety stuff happening. But I was getting that from the beginning of the Christmas holidays. Like mm. I was just in a bit of a state. Yeah. And my husband said, that if it's making you feel like this, just you need to just take a little break just you know take a week take stop yeah Yeah. just and I took a week and I think my brain went oh good we can stop trying to cope now and just broke (laughs) so I was fairly useless for about three months um went on antidepressants 
it gradually helped me get back to normal and things and I started to be a functioning member of society again thankfully I've got mm-hmm. a very supportive husband who kind of helped me through that and understood that it wasn't wasn't yeah. personal it was just I was ill and I was you know working to get better mm-hmm. and I went back to a different school and um, and I'd um, I'd got high hopes because it's a mm-hmm. fantastic school yeah uh, only my new boss was just the same as the old boss. <laughs> so it was, again, nothing I did was good enough. If it was good enough, then she'd take credit for it. And, you know, it wasn't just me. There'd been, since she took over, a very high staff turnover in that department. So it wasn't because you start to think at that point, is this me? Yeah. Like, am I doing something to make people, you know, be like that? But it wasn't, and I could feel myself starting to wobble again. Um, and I decided that my sanity was more important than my salary. Mm. So I'd had the conversations again, I can't, this isn't working, you need to do yeah. something about this. But because all they heard was her side, not so much my side, I was, it just, it didn't get dealt with effectively by the school. So I quit. I quit without a job to go to because maths teachers, you're usually reasonably safe. Yeah. And I started at that point thinking I need to get out of teaching. Yeah. So mum um, and dad had uh, really helpfully, because they'd, they'd seen me going through all of this and they'd been really frustrated, like I don't know how to help. Uh, dad had already employed my brother in the business to get him out of teaching. Yeah. And there wasn't anything left for me to do. So um, I think I had my breakdown just a little bit too late. <laughs> I was just, should have, been, should have been quicker with it, going there first. But um, they found an article in the paper about a woman who did, uh, fulfilled by Amazon. So I think it was vitamin supplements or something. And yeah. they talked about how she'd sourced them. She'd sent them off to the Amazon warehouse. Basically then Amazon take care of it. She'd worked really hard to get them up on the platform so that you know people saw them on Amazon and she was running a business but like on holiday most of the year because she'd set it up as, as very kind of passive income my brain didn't go oh good passive income my brain went oh that's something that I could start setting up while I'm still teaching and see yeah. if I can so I had um I'd been designing posters for my classroom and teachers who saw them had been oh that's a lovely post. Oh, can I have one of those? Could you could you print me one? So mm. I decided I was going to make posters for classrooms. So uh, selling those on Amazon using Fulfilled by Amazon was my first little adventure into the world of not teaching. Yeah, uh, and it got to the point where it was nice little pocket money each month, but it wasn't ever going to be the thing that let me leave the classroom. Yeah, I needed to leave the classroom by that. Yeah. So um, I had a couple of totally failed, uh, I, again, adventures in the world of e-commerce. So yeah. uh, I had a product that I, I had to order in bulk because it came from China and I had to order a thousand odd of them. And I sold, I don't know, 150 of them. And then it stopped because there were copycat ones that came on the market and ended up making a big old loss on that one. Uh, did some wallet designs. They're gorgeous wallets, but yeah. again, it's too competitive and I hadn't got the skill to be able to then bump them up above the rest of the crowd to get yeah. them sold. So I've still got quite a few of those. Um, anybody who knows me, you will be getting a wallet for Christmas again. <laughs> um, 
yeah. wow. but, you know you you do these things and you you learn the lessons yeah and mm. you know it's it means you can advise other people not to make the mistakes you've made exactly. it means yeah. i know kind of what to avoid but then um we thought you know what this is just getting silly let's let's look at what we know so my husband and I put our heads together. And one of the things as a teacher that's not so fun is being a form tutor. Like we love the relationships with kids. You get to actually know them a little bit better. But you have to inform time. So you get, what, 20 minutes maybe in the morning where you've got to do the register, check everyone's uniform, deliver some kind of numeracy and literacy stuff, and probably SMSC, which is social, moral, spiritual and cultural education, might have been life skills, PSHE when we were at school. And also deal with any dramas that come in the door because kids turn up at school in the morning having had a giant fight with someone uh, on the way to school, you know, arguments with their best mate. And then they come in, they're in tears and you've got to deal with that as well. Yeah. And if somebody walks in from management while you're I don't know, talking to a child and everyone else is just having a chat, you're for the chop. <laughs> so we yeah. um, we put together a, an automated website where mm -hmm. it's got all the resources you need for literacy, numeracy, the news. So we do a weekly news quiz and stuff, and then SMSC, um, mm -hmm. form time sorted, and um, that's just being being interrupted by people. Yeah. Yeah. Cat, desperately. So yeah, we set up the website yeah. and. Being teachers, we know that school has no money. We know that if you want to get something out of your budget, it mm. better be cheap or no one's going to approve it. Mm. So we set our price at yeah, £199 for the year for the whole school. So wow. super easy to do because in our reasoning, because it's not something that Ofsted particularly check on and it's not something that's in the league tables, yeah. it's not something schools generally have a budget for, so we set it as a super low price, you know, free trial for a month, see what you think, show it to other people. And we have a small core of schools who've been with us from the beginning, pretty much, because they can see the potential. They know the difference that it makes. And it's mm. starting to build a little bit. But again, that never turned into the whole, yes, I can leave teaching now. Yeah. And, and we were getting to that point you know a little bit like is this ever going to work are we ever going to find something ever that's going to let me get out of teaching because when you've been in a career for 15 years and you've moved up the ladder to kind of the leadership pace spine, mm. changing careers not so much of an option because yeah. whatever you look at either you don't have the industry experience to go for the leadership positions yeah or you you know or you don't know enough so you'd be going in at a lower position which you're more than qualified for, but you're not, you don't have the experience to go higher than that. And then you've got a massive pay cut to contend with. And oh, mm. it was, there were a lot of teachers who would currently probably love to get out of the profession because yeah. they're, you know, teacher, social worker, uh, track and trace at the moment as well. It's, it's particularly challenging at the moment, yeah. but knowing where to go and what to do is, is a tough one. I was really lucky in that I've always been a nerd and mm. I like programming computers and websites and things like that. I'd made a little website of maths games when I was teaching maths and, yeah. and I was able to then use that to build up various different bits and bobs. And, we, you know, we've got little bits coming in, in terms yeah. of income. Finally, 
um, the thing that tipped the scales, the thing that let me leave teaching was my sister. She runs a, a choir over in York and she sort of franchised it. So she said, well, why don't you set up your own branch here where I am in Peterborough? And that was suddenly the thing that brought in enough income that I could actually finally quit. I'd gradually gone part time just to be on the safe side. Paul was still working. So we, we were okay. We could keep a roof over our heads. But choir was the thing. And it was because finally I'd got to the point where I'd found something I could do where I wasn't. I mean, I kind of was, but I wasn't selling my time for money. Because mm-hmm. I got used as a teacher to being right, you earn about twenty twenty five pounds yeah. an hour at this yeah. point. That's that's what you're worth. Well, no, with choir, I mean, people come and they pay their seven pounds a week, mm-hmm. but I can fit thirty, forty, fifty people in the room. Yeah, suddenly was a whole different ball game, and that gave me the confidence to say, do you know what, I can do this. And because it doesn't take up too much time, it let me then pursue other stuff, which mm-hmm. is where the business eventually came from we yeah. uh, we had a bit of an epiphany so our daughter was in year five at the time I think and we were on a Facebook group for parents mm-hmm. and one of the parents jumped on the Facebook group and said oh can you help she's got this homework from maths and I've got no clue how to help her it's uh, bar modeling which is a newer technique that we we've, we've been using in maths to teach came from yeah. Singapore yeah. and so as a parent you'd never have seen it before ever so understanding it, when your kid doesn't understand it to explain it to you, you can't explain it to them because you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and yeah. a light bulb went off. I thought, well, you know, there's, there's millions of pounds being spent tutoring, revision guides, supporting students. Mm-hmm. What is there to support parents? Because our kids were doing their GCSEs at the time. And as teachers, we knew our subjects. We knew how to help them with that. We weren't so great at the whole learning how to learn thing. Um, we went through various pitfalls where we thought they were studying and one of them turned out was reading on his Kindle in his room instead. And when he heard us coming up the stairs, he'd hide it in the drawer and pretend he was studying again. So we we went through all those dramas and realised that there's just, there's no support there for parents. Okay. When you first have kids, there's all the baby groups and, um, you know, toddler groups and you get all this support, but they're just as tough when they're teenagers you face just as many challenges as a parent, but that mm-hmm. I think everyone assumes by that point you know what you're doing, and we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. We make it up as we go along. That's what parents do. Mm, <laughs> don't tell the children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, um, so we then created the parent guide to GCSE, and mm. that membership has been slowly building over a year and a half now. Mm. Uh, so in our second cohort of parents, we now cover year 10, 11 and 12. Yeah. And it's just been amazing. It's been the culmination of everything that I've done, everything that I've. So the the teaching, the um, being confident enough to stand up in front of a group of people and sing with choir. Yeah. Into being confident enough to you know, be live on the Internet in front of a group of people and trust that you're not going to make a wally of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those things just came together in this like, yes, this is what we're meant to be doing. And when we look back, it's been utterly amazing. It's been a wild ride this year. 
Yeah, it's it's been quite a journey, isn't it? Just listening to your stories, just been a, a sort of a ebb and flow of uh, you know, things going through, uh, you know, uh, through your your career and everything else. Wow, it's uh, interesting. Just uh, a lot of stuff to unpick from there, because obviously you've got this uh, combination of uh, you know growing up and going to study, and then realizing that you know teaching was your thing, and you can share that knowledge and wanting to go into that, but then uh, hitting all this bureaucracy and everything else within that that is sort of knocking you back. In in a way, you know it it, it does look that you know, the teaching and, and that sharing of information and seeing young kids sort of grow from that. It's part of your your passion, you know, your something that you you value highly, uh, which, you know, I, I think is it uh, Dr. John DiMartino who talks about values and when you're doing something you're passionate about, then all the challenges are sort of, you, you in, enjoy them. But within that, you've got, you've gotten uh, the challenges and gotten into getting to test the entrepreneurship side of things as well. In a way, you seem to have stumbled it because of the challenges you're facing somewhere. So what else can I do? And, and all thoughts, but then trying to make a, a, you know, a success of it and eventually getting to realize that you can actually combine the two and everything culminating into where you are today. today. So it's just been uh, quite an um, amazing story. Just uh, t- taking you back to like the early days, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, your parents were very supportive with uh, everything that you, 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 are, you are doing. But also in yourself, you had the, like, like you said, the confidence and you're that nerd, you, you could, you know, applying to Cambridge, you're confident that, you know, potentially you could get in, which you did. And, uh, you know, you did quite well with that as well. Um, do, you, do you think, obviously, the, the support and the, the help of the parents, uh, you know, played quite a, quite a big role as well. But uh, for people who may not have that, do you think there's um, something uh, in, in people themselves, other than the support outside, that can actually help them to actually realize themselves, to get the confidence, to actually push themselves to, to do other things? Like, if you, if you look back, it, let's say if you know your situation was different and the parents were not there to support you, would you have achieved or gone on to do the similar things and similar push you get yourself, uh, you know, education-wise, for example? I don't know, but yeah. I, I like to think so. Hmm. I, for me, the the big jump in confidence happened at sixth form. So I'd gone through my GCSEs and everything was fine. And I just kind of plodded along. We, um, as a school, used to have a big end of term assembly. So we had use of a a theatre just up the road from the school. And we'd have this massive, you know, everyone in the school would go and sit. They'd have the stage set up, the lights, the full works. And we had various really impressive performers at school. Mm. And um, one year, I think it was year 11, probably, I volunteered as a duet, so I wouldn't have to do it on my own, went and stood on the stage and sang. Yeah. And it was terrible because yeah. we were both so shy. You know, when your your hand is shaking and your yeah. voice is shaking and you're shaking and it was just, the mic wasn't working to start with. It was, it was awful. Yeah. But I went from that to, do you know what? I know I love doing this stuff. 
So performing arts was one of the other A-levels that I did. And as part of that, you have to step outside your comfort zone and you have to do things that scare you a little bit. You have to perform in front of people. You, You have to try new things. And that, that was probably the key for me was that being pushed enough to step outside my comfort zone and realize that actually I could do this, which then led to just after, um, after my A-levels, I got invited back to then perform at um, the celebration evening for year 11s. And I did that on my own, sat, played the piano, sang in front of the same room full of people. Mm. That, that difference in two years was largely, I think, just due to stepping outside my comfort zone, which I don't know if I'd have done on my own. I needed someone to push me, but it doesn't need to have been parents. That was teachers. Yeah. So I think that do something that scares you a little bit every day. Yeah. Yeah. So say yes and then figure out how. Yeah. Because it's it's, it's all about you yourself, isn't it? Because you can get so much support. People can, you know, uh, push you so much. But if you don't take that jump yourself to realize that, uh, you know, you you know, it, it's all about you, then it's, you know, there's nothing else. Because they say there's only one kind of motivation, isn't it, which is your self-motivation. But you can pull upon the support and the help from everyone around you, but ultimately it's you. And it, it looks like, you know, for you, you realize that and you took your chance and you you propelled on and got to where you needed to be, which is, which is quite inspiring for, for, for people, you know despite uh, everything else and all the challenges that that, that came uh, within. So uh, just um, picking up on another point, because obviously for people when they are looking to do something, whether it's in business or anything, it does help to have like a, a vision or a plan which you then work towards uh, achieving. So for you, obviously, like like we said, you know, education and, and uh, uh, you know, teaching was was something you're passionate about. But when you're facing all these uh, problems, did you, obviously things came up and entrepreneurship, but did you have like a clear sort of vision as to this is the direction that I want to go and then this is the plan and then take the steps or you were just taking opportunities as they came along? to actually change your direction, fit things in as, as things were happening? It was a bit of both. So yeah. when I was teaching, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to work my way up to uh, the leadership yeah. area of the school. And mm-hmm. um, that obviously then was was no longer a, a thing. And then it was just a bit of what opportunities can I find? But yeah. I knew from the beginning that what I wanted to do was make sure that I designed it so that I could actually have a life again yeah because as a teacher when your child is I mean it depends where you work but you know my daughter had an achievers assembly so she was being given some award and you'd have to beg for the time off or get someone to cover your lesson or even if you weren't teaching that lesson you'd still have to beg to be allowed to go and those kind of things are a big deal for your child for your relationship with them and as an entrepreneur I now make my own hours. Yeah. I can do what I like. I can do my work when I like, largely, yeah. because I've designed it to be that way. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave teaching and go back into another kind of nine to five, uh, even though that would have been less hours than teaching. I didn't yeah. want to be, I didn't want to have someone else dictating to me 
what my life would look like, Hmm. what my working day would look like. So all of the things that I did were all on on the same sort of theme. I want something that I can do on my terms that I'm in charge of. So I'm not at someone else's mercy anymore because I've been put off at that point from bosses. Uh, And I I wanted to be able to to kind of be the master of my own destiny. Mm. And I wanted to get Paul out of teaching as well. So my husband had been teaching a year longer than me by that point because I'd got out and he was still the breadwinner. Yeah. We, um, we talked long and hard about when we could justify him leaving teaching to come and then work time in the business. And he's now been working full time in the business for about, I want to say six months. It's been a while. So working towards that, that us working together from home, making our own hours, doing our own thing. Yeah in the big thing that we were working towards mm. and now it's just looking to the future and and being yeah. self-sufficient enough and um, you know bringing in sufficient income that we can have a big enough house that we can do the big family christmases that's yeah. big family holidays my parents do a big you know me my brother my sister and all our families come and together, stay together yeah. in the summer and have a staycation or we go away somewhere together yeah, have a big family Christmas usually at their house. I want to be able to do that with our kids. Yeah. So that is now my big why. That's what I'm working for. Yeah, working for. Uh, that, that 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 that's that's brilliant. So I mean, what do you say then? Uh, because a lot of people make make decisions or change direction of their life when uh, they get faced with like big shocks of life events that happen to them. Uh, I mean, looking back for you if you hadn't faced some of these challenges you faced in teaching and everything was sort of going swimmingly and all enjoying because, you know, education and teaching was your passion and everything else wasn't as bad, do you think you probably wouldn't have ended up where you are now? You would have continued with your teaching and got into the senior leadership positions and everything yep. you did, yeah? Yeah, I'd have still been in a school right now dealing yeah. with the various bits of fallout from the latest government information that comes out at the very last second yeah, yeah i'd have uh, very much still been there as would paul I think. yeah yeah but but then uh, if you look at uh, your life and where you are you are today oh thank goodness yeah <laughs> thank goodness for those two bad bosses in a row yeah so almost uh, everything happens for a reason isn't it mm-hmm. and it takes us to, to an important point that you know when you face uh, challenges and things are happening, sometimes it's it's good to sort of, uh, obviously there's the downside of it as they're happening, but you can also look to see, okay, does these challenges present opportunities for me to, just like you put it, to step outside of my comfort zone, maybe look at what else is out there in the world that can challenge me or even enrich my life and review your goals you mentioned there you know you would uh, sit your husband would sit with your husband and discuss what is the plan to actually get him out and all this kind of thing so is is that i guess something that uh, would come naturally because some people would, would crumble i mean you you went through the wobbles of you know those depression and things that that would come i mean what, what would you say to people who would find themselves in similar situations like how do they look at life in a different way, look at those challenges in a different way, uh, in a way that you did, obviously, after a bit of a wobble? 
We we always tell um, parents and students that if you can see things as an opportunity rather than a threat, it -hmm. makes it a lot easier to face. So, um, for example, mock exams normally freak students out. They see it as a threat. What if I get terrible results? It's not. It's an opportunity to see what you do know and what you don't know and prepare properly for that. It takes a bit of training, a bit of mindset work to get to the point where you can look for the positives and you can look for the opportunities and you can always find them in every situation. It might take a little while, but it is true that what doesn't kill you does make you stronger. And all of the various challenges that you face are pushing you towards the person that you need to be. Yeah. it's tough to see that at the time I think but it's um I think things are sent to us to shape us and that is always a good thing yeah yeah you just have to kind of keep looking for the positives and appreciate that you can't always see them straight away but when you look back yeah there they are staring you in the face so um yeah it's Mm. It's opportunities rather than threats. It's, yeah, yeah. But you do have to train yourself to do that. We always sit down as a family when we have dinner and go around the table and have to do positives of the day. Yeah. What things have happened today that have been a positive. And sometimes it's a challenge when yeah. you've had one of those days, but you have to find one. That's the rules. And it's just retraining your brain to look for the good. Yeah. No, that that that's that's a very sort of quite inspiration, isn't it? <laughs> to to understand, like like you're saying, it takes a bit of time, but if you can train yourself to actually look for that, it is because you know, just like uh, you're saying, for you looking back in hindsight, there's all those terrible things happening, but when you look back, you think actually they presented opportunities. If I had uh, been trained or stopped to think, I could have spotted them and probably did some other things sooner. Than the way that, that that you did, so that's a really good uh, tip to sort of uh, teach even kids. Like you're saying, you go on a round table and you know pick what terrible thing you think has happened to you. Give me a positive from that, and uh, you're you're absolutely right. In almost anything, there's 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 positives. You know, when you sit to think, so that's uh, that's really good. So, what's the um, vision for the next? Um, few years then what, what's the plan what's the grand plan in terms of what do you like to achieve we would like to support every parent in the UK mm-hmm. in helping their child get through their exams with less stress less nagging and coming out with a better relationship with their child yeah. we want to take the the pain out of education we want to try and help improve education from the outside in yeah. so where uh, the grand plan includes parent guide to GCSE and parent guide to post 16 so covering all those year groups mm-hmm. helping make sure that this group of school children yeah. are coming out the end of their school careers ready for what's next with all the skills that they need and with the right mindset as well yeah. being lifelong learners yeah it makes a huge difference yeah so um so yeah just getting the word out there yeah. And mm-hmm. continuing to build because we know we help people. Mm. We get some amazing feedback from people yeah. about the difference that it's making. Yeah, so it's right. all about getting out to more people now um, and right. growing as much as we can. And and you mentioned a key word there, the mindset, isn't it? You know, the mindset. And uh, you are in a in a perfect position to actually talk about that because of 
your experience, what you've been through and the lessons within, you can actually uh, probably see people who are in that situation and you can uh, relate to you and see, oh, my, they could be stuck here and this is what they need to do and you can help them uh, that way. So that's that's quite a, a key thing. And uh, that uh, takes us to your interview on the BBC as well, because that was part of, part of that. I remember I actually tuned in to listen to you on that, on that day, but that, that that's part of, part of the things. When you're in a particular field and doing things that uh, you, you, you enjoy, the opportunities almost present themselves in a way. Like, like uh, you know, when you, when you started your community now, uh, obviously, you know, you, you didn't know how big it can grow, but the opportunity is there. And in the future, it can only expand, you know. So talk, talk us through the, the BBC and the interviews and coming uh, on, to, on to there to, to talk about uh, GCSE. <laughs> It was one of those things where it just kind of fell into our laps almost, but it was because we'd done things the way we'd done things. So we had one of our members had an older child who wanted to get onto a degree apprenticeship. Um, Mm. So he needed some interview support and preparation and things. Paul was always a sixth form tutor. So this is very much his thing. And Mm. we, uh, we wanted to add interview support to our little suite of programs so mm-hmm. he said, well, let's, you know, we'll we'll do this for you for free because it helps us to develop the program and it helps him at the same time. So Paul mm-hmm. put in lots of time helping this young man get himself ready for the degree apprenticeship mm-hmm. and did a wonderful job. And we got an email from mum just kind of updating us on the, the process and saying, you know, thank you so, so much. And, um, you know, by the way, she said, um, she'd mentioned, you know, I'll, I'm sure if there's something I can do to thank you, I'll I'll find mm. it. By the way, she then said, I happen to be one of the I, she and she works on Good Morning Britain and sources people for yeah. hearing as whatever. So she said, would Emily be interested in popping on Good Morning Britain on uh, on GCSE results day and mm. talking about how parents can support their kids based on what results they get and things? yes please um oh my gosh terrifying but yeah yeah, sure and this was in august so we were still in the middle of everybody's locked down so it was going to be virtual which was much less scary i think although i'd love to be on the sofa at some point yeah but it was just like doing a facebook live yeah i was there on a on a computer nice and easy chatting away yeah and it was they handled they they were so good at making sure that I was fully prepared yeah was going to take me by surprise and that made me feel quite confident quite safe doing it but um if you'd have asked me a few weeks beforehand you know is there any way you can get yourself on national tv no but because we'd gone above and beyond and helped which is what we do yeah that opportunity presented itself and again you say yes and then you figure out how so um, it was it was amazing and fantastic exposure publicity but it was only possible because we'd we'd taken the right steps so um if you haven't read Daniel Priestley's key person of influence you Mm -hmm. should it's amazing and he talks about how to position yourself as an expert in your field because I am I, you know, 15 years in education. I know my stuff. Yeah. And it's about then 
position positioning yourself as that so all of the yeah. facebook lives that i've been doing all of the basically acting as newscaster whenever there's an announcement about education mm-hmm. had got me out to at one point eighty thousand people which was a bit crazy and all of those things started to add up and then i'd had the opportunity to jump on a, a speaker training course mm-hmm. which had and, and again something i hadn't planned i bought yeah. another course there was a mini course as a bonus how to pitch properly yeah i went on that and thought oh do you know what actually this could make a really big difference because i'm not confident about the salesy side of things i like to help Mm. people i don't feel salesy and i've struggled with that throughout this business stuff Mm -hmm. and this speaker course had just kind of started building my confidence to the point where when i was then presented with this opportunity I yeah. thought, you know what? I can do this. Like, yes, it's terrifying, but actually, I do know what I'm doing. Yeah, I do know how to present myself. Yeah, I, I can do this. And again, that was just that series of little things that built up, saying yes to the opportunities. Mm-hmm. That then meant when the big thing came along. Yeah, it was something that I could do. So, um. Yeah, very much looking for the opportunities and, and grabbing every opportunity you can. Yeah. To, you know, to learn yeah. new things, to get better, to improve, to, you know. <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. And that that's the key, like, like, like you're saying, you know. When the opportunities present themselves, just grab them and figure it out later rather than, you know, get scared and actually miss them. And, uh, you know, when you're in that zone, actually, you can identify those opportunities and you just you know, putting yourself out there, you've got the experience, you know the, the successes, the, everything that you have, and you can actually deliver all these things. So, yeah, it's it's, it's actually good to actually take uh, uh, opportunities as they present themselves like that, which is what you've, you've actually demonstrated. So, um, I mean, what, what, what would you, what would be your, like, um, I mean, we talk about mindset, what, what, what would you say is the role of uh, ongoing personal development or mentorship or education for people in terms of improving themselves in any particular way towards whatever life goal they would have? I, I think it's one of the most important things you can do mm. to surround yourself with people who help to lift you up, yeah. uh, people that are better than you at stuff so that you can learn from them. Because that's that's the whole point of everything. That's why we have teachers. They are experts and you can learn from them to then get better. And yeah. mentorship has made a huge difference um, all, I'm on various different masterminds and have various mentors that I go to for yeah. different things. And it has not failed yet to to make me better, to yeah. give me new ideas because you we're we're terrible at seeing our own strengths terrible at it usually um great at seeing our weaknesses terrible at seeing our strengths Mm -hmm. other people can see that and can point that out we get so bogged down in like trying to make this particular thing work that we don't have that big picture view a lot of the time that says actually have you thought about trying it like this instead and when somebody says that and you go oh Yes, that would be amazing, but it hadn't occurred to you because you're so busy in the situation that you can't see it from the outside. That 
that is one of the the many many reasons why having other people working as your your mentors being smarter than you and better than you and more experienced than you can be the difference between success and failure it's um, money always well spent yeah ways (laughs) cool that's great and uh I mean, look, looking back at your life, you know, from uh, the beginnings to here, is there anything you think you would change? No. Having in mind everything that has happened that shaped you to be where you are here. There are a couple of uh, hastier decisions that then made life a little more complicated, but all of those things led to where I am now, mm. and I wouldn't change that. Yeah. So, so no, I don't think I would. Yeah. I, um, I might have been a little braver earlier on, yeah. knowing now that I can, because you, you'd be amazed at what happens when you're brave enough to just ask. Yeah. I wrote a book this summer, um, released on the 1st of July, the GCSE Survival Guide for Parents, and I just put down everything I know in the yeah. book. But mm-hmm. what I wanted was a big book launch, and I wanted a celebrity or someone to write me the foreword yeah. or do me a cover splash quote or something. Mm. And I don't know any celebrities particularly, but um, I got my virtual assistant, who's amazing, mm. to, um, she bills me for celebrity mum stalking, which always makes me laugh. But she went and found celebrity parents who had kids at the right sort of age and yeah. just asked them, just write and ask them, get in touch on, on social media and ask them, would you be interested in reading this book and giving us a quote? And because we asked, we got Claudia Winkleman to write a little quote for the back, uh, Terry Dwyer from Hollyoaks to do the, uh, the foreword and Sinetra Sarka, who you might know from, um, from Gogglebox, Celebrity Gogglebox or Acne Bridge or Zoe from Casualty. She read the book, loved it. And, and because of that, we got in touch and she ended up doing a half hour chat with me about the joys of parenting a year 10 child and yeah. and how she felt about the book and things. And she is now one of our members. She's just she's lovely. And none of that would have come about if we hadn't been brave enough to just go, do you know what? What's the worst that could happen if we ask? <laughs> that's that's a, that's a brilliant attitude, isn't it? Because most of the time we're not asking where we are afraid of what the answer. No, but. You know, if it's a no, it's a no. Uh, but what if it's not? You know, and uh, you know, just uh, we are so like like you're saying, we are so good at uh, maybe thinking of just the downsides or the things we are not good at. But uh, it, it's the same. Like I mean, for me, doing doing this podcast, I sometimes go through. Oh, should I ask someone to come on the podcast? And uh, you know, we are on uh, at ESA together. I'm thinking there's just so amazing people there. Why don't I just ask them to come on my podcast and share the story? And then that day, I said, I'll, I'll, I'll message Emily and ask her if she can come on my podcast. And you know, lo and behold, it was a yes. <laughs> so. It just shows exactly what you're saying. You know, if you can only ask and uh, just uh, that that's all you can do. And you'll find amazing help people, uh, you know, will offer you out there. And, uh, you know, people are going, we're all going through similar sort of stuff. I mean, looking at your story, where you are now, the successes that you're doing, your book launch and everything, you know, who can tell that you went through all these things, including depression and all of that. But when people now get to listen to your story, they get to understand, oh, 
Emily is just like the best of us, you know. She's also suffered with depression and, you know, had these challenges, but emerged, you know, with uh, successes and looked at life in a different way and made the best of it. And people resonate to these stories, you know. Uh, so it's uh, it's actually quite quite you know awesome to have to actually share just like like you're saying. So just uh, give us a bit more about the the, the book as well. Maybe you know. Uh, parents and uh, people who are listening, I mean, it can actually help them as well. Mm. Mm. well the idea was, uh, so our business is a membership, but that's mm. not for everyone. It's little bite-sized chunks each week of useful information, but some people just like to just absorb all the information at once and then go yeah. away and do stuff with it. So I thought it would be really useful to just you know, map it all out and set it all out in a book so that if yeah. you want to if you needed the support if you for some reason you know if you couldn't afford the membership or whatever you would be able to get the help that you needed yeah because it would all be in one place so um I sat down and mapped it out and I've always quite enjoyed writing um and it's in again short bite-sized chunks because nobody needs some kind of textbook to read that's then daunting and terrifying because then that's no fun and nobody wants to do it so uh, it's very lighthearted, very practical, and it takes yeah. you through everything. So we always say we start with mindset. So it's about getting your head right, preparation-wise, yeah. getting your child in the right frame of mind to be able to go forward and succeed. Then we talk about organisation. So getting your notes organised so that you can find things after you've written them, um, writing up a revision plan to keep you on track. And then it's about studying. So it's about revision methods, what works, what doesn't, how to make your memory work best for you. Then it's about the exams themselves. You know, how do you get the most out of exams? How do you make sure that you have all the exam technique that you need in place? And then it's about planning for the future. So for GCSEs, it's about planning for what you're going to do at sixth form and looking forwards to the future as well, just to make sure you're getting on the right trajectory. So it takes you through that stage by stage. It's got um, a little bit of uh, neuro neuropsychology. Is it neuro? Mm-hmm. We talk about neuroplasticity and things about how the brain works and why yeah. we are so very teenagery because it's to do with the brain development. And yeah. so this kind of there's a bit of everything. It informs you without it being really. You know, dense and textbooky it gives you practical strategies so at the end of each chapter there's the one thing where if you do this one thing it will make a difference and you know it's um it's designed to be something you can either binge or you can pick mm-hmm. up and put down throughout the year uh, and it is available from all good bookstores so long as they are called amazon yeah <laughs> uh, or from www.parentguidetogcse.com forward slash book yeah and um it won't break the bank if Mm. you're listening to this before when is it so the first week of january 2021 uh, we are celebrating the six month birthday of the book by putting the kindle version on special so it will only be 99p what have you got Uh, otherwise it's normally 4.99 on kindle 9.99 in hardback and it will take you through everything you need to know all yeah. of the basics all of the things you've always wondered about as a parent and yeah. never quite known what to do so yeah 
Brilliant, brilliant. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to, to getting it myself, actually, because I've, I've got a, um, a, a teenager now, 13, so going yeah. through some cycles, so I'm sure I can get quite a bit from from that as well. So that that will be quite useful. So, uh, and just uh, sort of um, like um, final as we, we, we round up, how do you think in terms of, because uh, earlier on you mentioned about you know, going through life, uh, you know, on your own terms, you can dictate your own time and that. So there's uh, quite a bit of leverage involved in that. So how do you think of that in terms of uh, leveraging, whether it's capital or, or, or technology and all of that as, as you are building a business that essentially in the end, because you don't want to replace what was uh, your exchanging of your time for money through the, the teaching, with uh, another job, unless it's something that you're passionate about, but also building something that actually generates you passive income in a way. How are you looking at that in terms of going forward in your business, whether it's online courses or something that that you're doing? How do you look into all of that? (laughs) For me, it's been about taking what you know and what you can teach other people and turning that into originally a membership so it was designed to make sure that we could support lots and lots of people with quite focused amounts of work so the the weekly bite-sized chunks go out via email and we've recorded them as videos as well but the the course content so the membership through the year for year 10 is pretty much always going to be the same and for year 11 pretty much always going to be the same so once we've done a full year's worth that and in the bank for the future and then it's just about, you know, making sure that we're there supporting the members. So, so long as we've got all the content written, yeah, it would largely run itself, minus mm-hmm. a bit of admin, um, yeah. with the one exception of our fortnightly Q&A sessions that we do on Facebook. Yeah. We're, we're putting in the, the work now, the sweat equity, so that we've built up all of the resources that we need and yeah. then just a case of tweaking things accordingly as we as we yeah. go along so it's it's information products and and taking that what we know and packaging it up packaging, yeah. deliver it to other people and then building up various mini courses within that so that there's there's little bite-sized chunks that people can dip in and out of if they want to but it's just switching your brain to no, I don't need to physically be online with someone to teach them this. Yeah. There's a way to leverage my time better yeah. by taking it, turning it into a course. There are plenty of really simple ways to do that nowadays with all sorts of course providers and yeah. um, plenty of ways to set up memberships and things, design them well. Uh, that's, I think, the way forward is information products. Oh, I think you can kind of pop them out in the world and, and yeah. mm. to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what I like uh, about you and what you're doing as well, that it's, it's, it's pretty much aligned to your, to your, your passion and the values in terms of knowledge sharing and the education. So you're not, you're not uh, teaching or sitting in a classroom or whatever, but you're doing something similar in a, in a different way. So talk about, Thinking of ways to monetize your passion and 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 the things that you like, and that's what you what what you're doing, despite mm-hmm. facing challenges in doing it in the different form of the classroom. So that is something that uh, you know people can actually uh, uh, take take away as well. So um, you've mentioned your website. How else can people find you if they wanted to look up 
Emily Hughes, where else are you? <laughs> well, uh, so we have our own podcast, Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. Yeah. And we've done uh, both a series of useful tips in terms of GCSEs, but we've also done a series of episodes um, following the the issues that we had um, earlier on in the year and Black Lives Matter movement and things. We just yeah. set up a series of difficult but important conversations to have with your child. Okay. Because I know as a parent, yeah. not to say is sometimes so scary that you yeah. don't have the conversations that you should. So we've talked about um, things that were horrifying to talk about live on Facebook, but, um, you know, pornography, how to talk to your children about that, alcohol and drugs, yeah. you know, yeah. all sorts of things. So you can find us on the podcast, Parent Guide to GCSE podcast. Yeah. And then we're at parentguidetogcse.com or parentguidetopost16.com. Yeah. Or if you search either of those on Facebook, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook community. Yeah. So we've brought together a place where parents can go and talk to other parents whose kids are going through the same things and ask for advice, vent, you know, just appreciate that it's not just you because that's always really important. So uh, Parent Guide to GCSE on yeah. Facebook or Parent Guide to Post 16. Brilliant. That's very useful information, uh, Emily. Thanks for sharing that. I want to finish on a light-hearted note. I'm going to ask you, this is a this or that question. Yeah? So you have to split second thinking. <laughs> Pick yeah. one from, from, from uh, the, the, these, these two options. So we'll see what uh, uh, comes first in your mind. So it'd be something like, uh, if I say cat or dog? Cat. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Coffee. Mm, summer or winter summer don't like to be cold yeah <laughs> more cold yeah so beach or mountain mountain don't like sand gets yeah. everywhere ah because you're a mountain kind of uh, person if you'd have said Bre swimming pool or mountain i'd have yeah. said swimming pool. <laughs> breakfast or dinner 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 ah good good comedy or drama Comedy. Comedy. Ah, okay. And the last but not least, hope or freedom? Freedom. Freedom. Ah, oh, that's that a big one. But hope does carry you and, uh, you know, you've got something to look forward to. But then without freedom, what can we do? So that's a, quite a tricky one <laughs> to disciple but uh, Emily thank you very much for coming on the podcast you've got a an amazing story that you've shared with us I'm sure there's will be quite a lot of listeners who will resonate with that and relate to that and also useful resources I know I'll be tapping into some of those resources as well and uh, you gave me some uh, uh, tips as well on uh, you know my book which um, uh, I'll be launching next year and uh, yeah, very useful stuff. So thank you very much for coming. I'm sure we'll, we'll speak again soon and we can find you on all those various social media uh, places that you've, you've given us. So any last word or otherwise we'll just leave I'm it. Just, yeah. <laughs> keep on believing you can do it because if yeah. you believe you can do it, then you're halfway there. You're halfway there. Perfect. That's a, a perfect uh, place to end. So enjoy the rest of your day and thank you very much again for coming on the podcast, Emily. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Cheers. <laughs>